Podcast. Uh, and one of the things that's kind of hurting the relationship a little bit is Andre 3000 arrives at the studio and it's like, you know what's over? Rap. Rap is over. I'm not rapping anymore. Rapping <laughs> is boring and I'm not going to do it. Way to be on the cutting edge. The big I like boy it. And then the, the producer, Mr. DJ, is like, hey, man, we're the rap act. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> I, drive a, I drive a big, nice Cadillac, and there's a reason why. It's because we rap. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Okay, that sounds terrible. Uh, Jeff Simons? It's like that glorious touch football weather of ah. mid-October from your childhood, from your New England childhood. It's just been, it's been gorgeous. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Why don't we spend a little more time talking about the weather on this and podcast? And why might that be? <laughs> because <laughs> because <laughs> I may have forgotten that we were recording the year 2000 here on Thursday night. And I, I, I love that I got a text and I'm like, oh, the guys are texting me. This is so cool. I wonder, I wonder what kind of funny little quip they might have about life or music. And it, it just said, where are you? We're, we're here. <laughs> That's okay. We can wing a podcast, can we not? We're gonna we find out. I'm, I'm busily looking up facts about the year 2000 right now, Tim. I think, I think it was a good year, Ben. I, I don't really know. I, I, I'm not looking up who died, though. That, I was going to say. going to be eliminated. Since, a one... you didn't practice, since you didn't look at it, I'll have some of my own quizzes. Don't you worry, Jimmy. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to make up a few people who didn't die in 2000 to really make it hard. Oh, that's really like, funny. Like police, <laughs> well, motorcycles. I, I hey, Jimmy, Yes. In the year 2000, we took a major leap forward on our space beat. Uh-oh. Perhaps oh. you can name the breakthrough event in space in the we year 2000. We launched the Hubble Space Telescope. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> no. First crew to live on the International Space Station arrives in space in November 2020. Oh, come on. They already that, oh, had done oh, that. Oh, oh, 136 days. Bill Shepard, Yuri Gidzenko, and Sergei Krikalev made up the crew of Expedition <laughs> 1. Several you know months. They were India. fun, though, because they lost the fourth ace of their one deck of cards. And so every game of uh, yeah, poker really, is a bummer. bummer. India yeah. is going to be so excited that we brought NASA knowledge back to the podcast. I love it. What's going to happen in an unscripted podcast is that Ben and I angrily take over host duties. And stick it back <laughs> oh, yeah, no, for sure. That's really, that seems, where, that seems like what an unscripted podcast. Well, hey, Jeff, I'll, this one's for you. Oh, God. Oh, actually, right. I'll do this. You guys can compete over this. All right. Uh, what's the most famous Supreme Court case from the year 2000? Oh, uh, Gore Bush versus uh, Florida. You know. The state of Florida, whatever it's called. Bush versus Gore. Bush versus, yeah, versus Gore, Gore, December yeah. 2000. Hey, Timmy, who won that one? Uh, Kath Catherine Harris. Was <laughs> uh, <laughs> that 5-4? Yeah. Yeah. John, well, you know, John Roberts is the one who won, right? John Roberts argues the case and then becomes Chief Justice, correct? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, look at me with a little Supreme Court knowledge, Mr. I wrote that? a book. I had I think no I idea met, that he argued. I think I it. met a lawyer that year, but it was under different circumstances. <laughs> hey, hello. Hey, yo. Well, I actually do know, Ben, hold off on, on interrupting here. I oh, actually, no. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Go ahead. You're good. Keep going. <laughs> I actually do know how I want to open today's podcast. Uh, and that's what, with a big, big old thank you. We are, we've got some news for next week. Uh, but for this week, this is this is going to be the last time I, I get to say um, we're on the Music City Podcast Network. Go to musiccitydrivein.com for all your entertainment needs and podcasting needs. Um, we still believe that, still do it, of course. Uh, but this is our this is our last week with uh, Jacob and Ricky 
uh, and all the other podcasts on the Music City Podcast Network. And it's been awesome to be a part of that from the get-go. Yeah, without Ricky's support, I think we would have done three or four of these and then been like, surely nobody will ever want to listen to this and we're done <laughs> with our lives. So the legitimacy right. of having a podcast network to to live up to every week definitely was the uh, was fueling the tank when we were first learning how to do this. So yeah, thanks so much, you guys. for Oh, totally. Being... And also just the most generous, kind individual, for sure. Yeah. Deluded because he liked this podcast so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, still... he promoted it. Yeah, we're going to find out how deluded he is. For Once like... called it the greatest podcast in the universe. Uh, that's how deluded Ricky, Ricky was, it is. But uh, you guys got a great thing going at the network. We love you. Thank you so much. And we will definitely um, keep cheering each other on in the months and years ahead. And I insist that we switch from that to the number one selling record because it's a perfect segue. So we're going to skip the Grammy and go number one first? We're going to just reverse them, yeah, because um, the it's... song I'm choosing from the number one selling album is the perfect song oh, for, like this, for this sad moment when we okay. are, when okay, we are saying goodbye to our original podcast home. And here it is. It's the number one album. No Strings Attached by NSYNC. <laughs> That's right. I think there's a bitterness in in, in the tone uh, of NSYNC's big hit there, Jeff. That we no, but not, that, no, uh, this song exists in pop culture forever as Turk's ringtone on scrubs i don't know if you guys were as big a fan of scrubs as i was but turk makes bye 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 his ringtone and he's so into it he never answers his phone because they want to hear more of bye 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 and every time somebody calls him like a giant dance party breaks out oh, in the boy. hospital it's so funny and they ran that gag for like six to, months they kept going back to it yeah it was great well um what were you doing in the year 2000 ben are you in arizona at this time uh, yeah, we have moved to Tempe, Arizona. I am teaching at Arizona State University College of Law as a visiting professor, and India is working at the state legislature. Wow, cool, Ooh, fancy stuff. Uh, and Tim Jeff and I spend our last summer together in the Breadloaf School of English program back in Oxford in the summer of, in the summer of two thousand. Oh my gosh! Would you like to tell our audience about living in? Can we say the name of the family whose house we lived in? Oh, Probably not. Man. Let's Probably say not. let's say this. It, it rhymes with snot, and that's not a bad. So the, the, this, the great story is that we arrive, and I have worked out this alternative living arrangement. How a house trade? The, house trade for the second three week, four weeks of the summer. But right. the first four weeks of the summer, we're supposed to be in housing, uh, yeah. and we get there, and they're like, we don't have any housing. They had no place for us to live. And like we've flown across the, the Atlantic Ocean. It's late. <laughs> and I go to the, and remember like we, we had to like all sleep on the floor of an abandoned room on the third floor of one yep. place. And I get up the next morning, I go to the housing agency and I'm like, and like, we've misread your paperwork. We are so sorry. Um, here's all your money back for housing. <laughs> and they hand me an enormous pile of cash. <laughs> And so I, I'm like <laughs> looking at it and I'm like, I think this is going to be okay. This and you remember I walked down this, I walked downstairs. I'm like, is there a really nice kind of long stay hotel anywhere nearby? I walk three blocks down the road and it's like the, yeah, like three star, like you're in town for three weeks to, to merge two companies. It includes breakfast. It includes like all laundry services. <laughs> and I got us two apartments. There's and a, that was only three fourths of the money they gave back to me. So we there's a brewery across the street. Yeah, it was a, spent, it was a it was good, amazing. good stint in Oxford for us there in the year 2000. And then we moved down this, like a mile down the road to this family's house. And this place had not been cleaned since the moment it had been built. 
and we walked in <laughs> we walked in and we all did this like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god remember they were there and we had to exchange money and they walked out the door like goodbye and we just like ran and grabbed all of the cleaning we, we washed everything oh my god unbelievable ben barton there were used tissues under the pillow where jay tandon was sleeping <laughs> it was like they had left in the middle of a crime or they had had like they had all their close friends over for an orgy, and then in the middle of it, they're okay, like, "Let's okay, go to okay. Europe." And that's okay, how it, that's okay, how the house okay. was. Left. Jimmy, you're the one who said use tissues, man, and I just my <laughs> mind was already there. I was already like, "What would you use a tissue for?" That you that's put story, on your pillow? There are more funny stories about that summer than that. That we might have to come back do like right. a special like funny lines from the summer of 2000. Ben Barton, any more news from 2000 that we have to cover? We got a little cleanup. It's Theodore Olson who argued uh, for Bush. Oh, look at that. Is David Robert... Boyce argued for Gore. Fake news? Is Roberts no. on the team? I, I, I'm trying to figure that out, but I think the answer to that is no. I think you're wrong. All right. Hey, man, I've got another <laughs> quiz for you, right? Okay. This quote is attributed to either Chris Rock or Barkley, depending on who you believe. Okay. From right around this period, you know things are screwed up when the best rapper in the world is white and the best golfer in the world is black. Name the golfer and the rapper. Eminem and Tiger, Eminem Woods. And Tiger Woods. Isn't that amazing? That's a great, a great joke. That really is a great joke. Good stuff. Eminem. That's got to be Chris Rock. That's got to be Chris Rock. It that's, could be. That's Barkley-esque, though. It is. All right. Well, we, we're throwing so things the, out of the Grammy winner? I think we got to go to the Grammy winner right off the bat. All right. Um, I got to be honest, Ben, if you get this, I'm going to be so unbelievably impressed because I know I would not have. Here we go. The Grammy winner. It's the Grammy winner. Two Against Nature by Steely Dan. nuzzling let's just cousin start with Dupree. that so i mean first of all that's what steely dan sounds like to me i know that's not steely dan <laughs> it is that's it's sounds... steely dan that's exactly right no it's, way yeah it's the steely dan comeback record that's steely an actual nature. steely dan song is that bad <laughs> yes oh my god that's the lead single that was the single that announced their glorious return as a duo that makes me super happy because i was like you know how that's how much I hate Steely Dan. Is that what so I think it sounds like? And then it turns out to me, it's super meta. I'm like, please. That's fantastic. I had no idea they had a comeback record. That's they incredible. Sure did. Yeah. I just love that he's like, that sounds like Steely Dan. That's how much I don't like it. And we're like, uh-oh. Who's <laughs> <laughs> going to tell him? That really does sound like, I mean, I have a softer spot for Steely Dan in their original run than Ben does for sure. But if you were going to do a parody of steely dan oh, that is exactly what it sounds they sound like a bad steely dan cover band and it's them okay I mean, before just... the singing came in i was like it's the sanford and son song slowed down 
I can't believe that won the Grammy. So I cannot well, believe it. I can that. believe it, but that's really tough. And they what? they've they've had a couple of good picks recently, but I mean choosing the Steely Dan comeback record is awesome. Uh, that's I, right up there with Jethro Tull for the heavy metal choice. So I mean, this is the I, album of the year, though. This is album not like a sub of the year. I need yeah, to amazing. I need to push back here because because friend of the podcast, William Noto has started his own podcast. He sure has, and it sounds great. Way to it's, go, boys. It sounds really, really cool. Um, and their premise is, is to look and kind of do a deep dive on a band. And the first band they choose right out of the gate is Steely Dan. Ben yeah. Barton, isn't there a soft spot somewhere in your heart for some of those songs from the 70s? I have glad news. There is one Steely Dan song that I absolutely positively love. It's even on Ben, it's not currently on, but it's Ben on my running mix, Reeling okay. in the Ears. Yes, perfect That's choice. That, that guitar sound and the guitar solos on that are fantastic. Song's a little goofy, but that song's great. After that, it's a steep fall to my second favorite one. And it's like, first, second, pooper. Like just everything <laughs> else is all tied for last. De Jeff Simons, are you as harsh with Steely no, Dan? No, no, no. I like Steely Dan more than Ben does. I actually, okay. this there's probably 10 Steely Dan songs that I actually like. Um, but I'm not, I have musician friends whom Steely Dan is where it begins and ends. Like they just, they'll, they'll talk for like 45 minutes about the sound of the hi-hat and peg. Like, I mean, and I'm not kidding. Like their yeah. drummer's like, you know, if you really listen to Rick Morano, he's going, dit, 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 dit. like, I mean, they're just, and uh, my, my buddy, James Dupreda, who I just love and who I trust his opinion on everything, uh, guitar related and otherwise thinks the solo in Kid Charlemagne is the best guitar solo ever recorded. Wow. Um, by Larry Carlton. Um, so can, like there's a can whole- Can we hear that real quick? The guitar solo in Kid Charlemagne? Because oh yeah, sure. We don't I've have got any... that. I've we don't have anything. That. Do you want to yeah. read baseball scores from 2000? We don't have anything else prepared. No, we do have a 2000 Olympics coming up. I want to hear a little bit from Jeff about it. Oh my gosh. This that's is fun. like the first season. We're going back to winter. Oh wait, that's still- uh, that's still a bad when it's, Here we go, ready? Coming up right after this. solo you want me to cut it there yeah <laughs> that's he likes that oh it's i mean from a technical perspective it changes keys four times it's incredibly hard to play it's it's really technically amazing but it's okay. definitely for music nerds like steely dan is the music wonk band like frank zappa's band and steely dan there's all these 70s bands where like the whole point is look how hard this is to do and, and that is just it. not what yeah. Ben is in the game for. Very rarely is Ben in the game for super technical performance. Because Ben likes Ben likes sloppy guitar. No, ben, dude, I like. I mean, ben like, likes soul. Is what Ben likes. Ben likes some heart. I like it. Yes, well said. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just keep talking about Ben as if he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> what does Ben put in his hair? Um, all right. I've got one factoid from the year two thousand. The Catholic Church issues an apology in the year 2000. Pope John Paul um, II, right? One of those, I mean. God, there's going to be a lot of fucking cleanup. Um, issues an apology, which is a blanket apology. Pope John Paul II apologizes for the wrongdoings by members of the Roman Catholic Church throughout the ages in the year 2000 top of your head what might be some of those wrongdoings oh for god's sake oh we're not doing that don't team me up now. that's really not okay i do like that though he's like you know what Everything. a thousand years since the birth of our lord let's just go ahead and turn the page we're ready it really we're ready is. to move brilliant, on it's a brilliant we are ready move. to move on we're ready think, to move on i think <laughs> 
I think like everyone has suffered enough without this apology. And let's go. Thank goodness I have the strength to offer it. All right. It's is exactly that it? like in Monty Python where he's like, this is supposed to be a happy occasion. <laughs> we could argue about who murdered who. <laughs> oh, God, I love that moment. So great. All right, our three albums. Let's just get to it. Our three albums. Uh, uh, so I will start. Yeah. And the first thing that I will note is I don't think I gave a full-throated enough defense of my album last year. And one reason that I know that is having dinner with Indy Cannon tonight. She uh-huh. was like, what are you choosing for this year? And then she was like, what did you choose for last year? And I was like, I chose the Looper record that you told me to choose. She was like, oh no, I told you to choose, choose the old 97s. <laughs> she just backed the bus over me. <laughs> what a politician. Over me. I don't care. I do not care that that's not the best album of that year. That's the album I listened to most that year. I love it. Sometimes you want samples and Scottish mumbling. If you're in the mood for that, yep. that's your record. Yeah. This year, however, this year, however, I will brook no alternatives. This, in fact, is the best album that came out in the huh. year 2000. And it's my favorite. Okay. In 1998. Outcast puts out and I uh, Aquamini. I don't know how to pronounce it. Aquamini. Uh, and it's a massive, gigantic leap forward. They take two years off. Over this two years, they buy a recording studio in Atlanta. And it's an emotional favorite. It's the recording studio that they first went in to cut their original demo owned by Bobby Brown. I don't know why he's selling stuff in 2000. That's weird <laughs> that he would be unloading real estate. That was uncalled does. for right so there. Holy cow. They, they buy his studio and they just park in there and they take a long time to make this record. And it's actually super similar to, we've had this before. Like remember the Beastie Boys created their own studio and um, the Beatles doc has got the same thing where they've got their own studio and they're just hanging out and they're working. They are just hang, going out to Atlanta clubs only in Atlanta and they're finding rappers and local acts that they like. And then they bring them back with them after the show at two in the morning, get drunk, get high, record until late in the morning, sleep, wake up and do it again. The record has got like 15 different guest artists on it. Some of whom, I mean, Killer Mike, it's Killer Mike's first recorded release. Um, and it's a fantastic verse. CeeLo's on this record. A bunch of the guys from the Goody Mob are on this record. Um, but then there's a bunch of guys who never did anything again. Like, and it's a mixed bag, but it's, it's, it's really, really, really on top of what the entire record's like. Like once they had their own studio, they just had time. And it's really funny. Like um, sometimes you'll have an act where they're like, oh, like, like poor Guns N' Roses, where they're like, oh. oh, we had nothing but time. And then they never leave, right? Other times you get a situation like this where they're like, they take the time and they're just like just working on it, working on it, working on it, working on it. And they come out with just an absolute masterpiece. Um, we did Speaker Box and Love Below, which is the more commercially popular one. But in my opinion, this is my favorite. Um, and I re-listened to it uh, all week and it was just a joy, just a joy to re-listen to. So What's so weird and unusual about this record? So they, they're, they're building a, a discography where the, each one is more musically ambitious. By this one, Andre 3000 has like, he's already played the piano. He teaches himself to play guitar um, and he gets really broad in his musical influences. And you could totally, totally hear it on the record. And, but it's not just that he gets super into 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s African-American experience. It's that he's like, and it's not a retro sound we're going for. We're going for the, like a brand new, super modern remix of this entire experience. And they're really, really, really it's a super funny combo. And it's actually, it's a little bit like late period Beatles in the following way. Like the guys are starting to stop, get along. Like they've, they, they yeah. met in high school, they formed as an act, they built this amazing thing together, similar to McCartney and Lennon. They're spending a lot of time together, but it's starting to splinter a little bit. 
Uh, and one of the things that's kind of hurting the relationship a little bit is Andre 3000 arrives at the studio and it's like, you know what's over? Rap. Rap is over. I'm not rapping anymore. Rapping <laughs> is boring and I'm not going to do it. Way to be on the cutting edge. The big I like boy it. And then the, the producer, Mr. DJ, is like, hey, man, we're the rap act. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> I, drive, I drive a big, nice Cadillac and there's a reason why it's because we rap. And Andre 3000 is like, no, 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 no. I'm a singer now. That's what I do is I sing. And so it's such a weird, like crazy thing where they have whole songs where he's barely rapping at all. Yeah. And there's other songs. I mean, he's a, a fan. I mean, both of them are fantastic rappers and the rhythm of it, like the, the way they come in and out of on the beat and off the beat, slurring their words, the, the accent work, all of it is fantastic. Um, so there's parts where he's like, the raps are amazing. There's other parts where he's like, Literally, you can tell he's bored while he's rapping. Like it's a bored performance, wow. but it's weirdly effective. It's like on purpose. Like he's expressing to you that he's too good to be doing this activity right wow. now. It's a little bit like there's some Radiohead songs like that too, where like Tom's like, I'm just here to explain to you that I don't enjoy being here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, that's what's happening tonight with this podcast. That's Maybe right. Tim, that's right. Tim's like, got it so dialed in. He's so bored. He had to show up with nothing. He had to do like... <laughs> So <laughs> see how it goes. We did Let's Dance. And I argue that Let's Dance might be the strongest three songs to start an album of any album. Right. This one, there's, uh, and I'm skipping the intro and the yeah, skits. Yeah. Gasoline Dreams, So Fresh, So Clean. Mrs. Jackson. Oh man, wow. pretty good. And then the very next song, "Snapping and Trapping," first voice you hear is Killer Mike. Like, yep. it's hard to beat the first fifteen minutes of this record. Just absolutely fantastic. Um, it's really, really, really weird and super diverse. So I have good news for you, which is that even if you're Nina or India, there's a bunch of songs in this record you're gonna like. Okay, like, if you have ears. You like Mrs. Jackson and so fresh and so clear. Right. <laughs> if you don't like those songs, turn this off, learn to like music, and then move on. <laughs> um, that being said, it's got a bunch of like really, really, really harsh acid rap. And in fact, that's the song I'm going to choose. There we go. I listen to Gasoline Dreams. It's my favorite song on this record. It's, it's either my first or second favorite Outcast song. I went through it to try and figure out where to start or to stop it. And actually, I just decided, you know what? Just start it at zero, zero, zero. Like this song kicks off with the chorus and tells it's the first song on the record, too. Like it just burns your face off. Hit me, gasoline dreams, Jeff. Stankonia by Outcast. <laughs> you can tell that he learned how to play guitar like he's got hendrix and prince and p-funk all layered in there and then he just brings the freaking modern public enemy like just that searing take on fucking america where like the bird motherfucker bird american dream and the first first part of the verse is all of my heroes deal dope was just fantastic um but i mean like 
the, the record's a mix of things. Like it's got that there. It's got a bunch of gangster shit. It's got a, literally a song called Gangster Shit. Um, it's got hilarious jokes on it. Like it's just an amazing, amazing amalgamation of these two guys' talents. I love it. Love. I love I love Outcast so much. Like I did get off the rap train, and we talked about it a couple of podcasts ago. But that does not include Outcast. This band, woo! I, I like all their records. I like each one a little bit better than the previous one because they get more weird and and. Uh, but Ben just described it perfectly. I feel like this is the record that Public Enemy like went on tour with Funkadelic. And then we're like, went right back into the studio. They would make this record. This is the up. This is 10 years later on Elvis was a hero to most, but he never meant shit to me. It's all the great scratching and reimagination pushed through this classic rock and roll lens and frame with all those guitars. But then they take the treble and just, you know, they're, they're like the Jesus and Mary chain of rap. Like they're, they're taking all these weird they're making all these bizarre choices about like where the bass and the treble go. And, uh, and this record, here's what I'll say about this record that I love. Like Ben's right. It has everything. What it has, I think is this really wonderful, complex, uh, like description of black life. It's sometimes violent and it's sometimes dark and it's sometimes really angry. And it's also super joyful, <laughs> fun, funny as hell. Silly. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is the whole day, right? Like yeah. you, you go out, you know, you go out with your friends and you're laughing and then something terrible happens and you have to deal with that too. And America interacts with you in a way that ruins your day and you find a way to work through it. I, it's just a great, the fact that if there's a black and white American flag on the cover is like perfect. Like this is a record about all of the aspects of black American life um, and it's a joyful listen. I think it's a great choice. If we hadn't already talked about uh, Outcast, it might have been my choice as well. Wow. A I, mean, I, I love the idea of them just going to clubs and, hey, you want to go record? Like, it's Isn't so, it basic? It's so it just, welcoming, you know, sure. like, oh, let's make this a community thing. And no, bring you can anyone. imagine, I mean, the sessions are legendary and there's 30 acts that went in and recorded with them that oh my never God. came out. Yeah, totally. Like they were just <laughs> meandering around, bringing people back to the studio with them. That is really sweet. I, I really like that. Yeah, it's so great. Especially if they're bringing in Killer Mike. Yeah. Great call by them. And it sets right. a tone. It sets a tone too. Like it said, like it changes. Like it's once again, like rap's a community, right? And we're not all trying to one up each other. And there's can only be one top dog. I mean, that the toxic tragedy of biggie and tupac that we talked about a couple of episodes this right. is the opposite right oh you yeah go, and you go, get, you go you go get those guys and you bring them in and you give them each verses together right exactly that dmx thing like yeah and 50 cent like yep. this is this this is a uh not only is it, it's a great album but it also this announces the 2000s for rap in a yep. big way like they just this just turns the page kanye completely comes after this and, and i love kanye too yeah but you can't you can't put you can't have kanye without this record like this record announces where we're going well i love this record because at my local coffee shop you have a, a little dish for dirty spoons and and you get the clean spoons and they have a sign up for the clean spoons that says so fresh so fresh and clean <laughs> nice. hopefully they should have dirty south for the dirty spoons. i know i was gonna say it. i hope they're sticking with that stuff so. oh well all right I'll, I'll i'll check in with them you know you might want to point that out to them i will i'm sure your best i'm sure they'll appreciate that know it all white voice that's gonna work out real good for you i'm not sure you know this but i have a podcast um <laughs> all right Anyways, <laughs> let's get to jeff simons so 2000 um there's a Ben has picked a great record. Uh, I don't even know if I can argue this is a better record. I love this record so much. Um, and it is my favorite record by this artist. And, and she hasn't come up yet. And she she deserves uh, some moment. I'm going to talk a little bit tonight about Polly Jean Harvey, also known as PJ Harvey, who makes this, a, this record's great, too. I do makes love this a record. great record in 2000. Um, PJ Harvey meets John Parrish in 1988. They're in a band together in England. I can't remember the name of it, but they very quickly decide that not unlike Jillian uh, Welch and David Rawlings, they're going to be a team with PJ Harvey's name out front. They make two records together in 92 and 93. The first one's called Dry and the second one's called Rid of Me. They are whip smart, great, super restrained 
minimalist rock and roll records. Like, you know, it takes that Nirvana soft to loud thing and, uh, and uh, kind of ungenders it. Uh, all the guitars are really tight. The drum tracks are kept really tight. Um, I like those records a lot. I don't love them. I always wished that they were a little more unrestrained. I wish that there was a little more interplay between Harvey and the backing tracks that she helps to assemble. But they're great records. She has her moment, right? Like she's on the John Peel show. And, um, and then the rest of the 90s, she gets a little weird. She makes a couple of uh, massive left turns. And she loses a bunch of her audience in the research. She makes this great, uh, that great song uh, down by the water where the chorus is little fish, little fish swimming in the water. I mean, like- Love that song. She Love becomes, that song. She becomes kind of an art, uh, art house artist rather than like somebody ascending into the popular frame. Um, and so the nineties are hit and miss. This record though, I think it's a crowning achievement and I'm not alone. It won the Mercury prize. Here's a, here's a uh, trivia question for you guys. Who is the only other artist in uh, music history to win the Mercury Prize twice? Freddie Mercury? Bono. Yeah, nobody. She's the only one. <laughs> Shit. It's a trick question. For, yeah, PJ Harvey wins in 2000 and 2011. She's the only artist to, to win <coughs> two Mercury Prizes. So this is not exactly like a wild left pick, but it is after her zeitgeist moment. Like she's an um, early 90s flash. Um, and it's really amazing that... Uh, she just continued to make really challenging, interesting, wonderful records. And she still is, and people are still listening. You know, I, I'm thrilled for her. She's also exactly the age of the most venerable members of this podcast. Ben, she is born precisely 31 days between the two of us. Oh, she is cool. exactly in wow. between your birthday and mine. So. Uh, and maybe that's why I love this record so much. It felt like a record that was describing what I was going through when I was going through it. Like when I think of 2000, I think of this record. And, and like I said, when we did the first season, like White Ladder by David Gray, they're my two records. But this PJ Harvey record about life and how she's feeling, how she's feeling about her relationships, about her world, about herself, man, these songs got to me the way she describes uh obsessions and our faults and our foibles and how we put ourselves back together and it's a beautiful rock and roll record fantastic performances gorgeously recorded um there's a wonderful guest vocal by tom york on the mess we're in it's one of the great duets cool. he was ever a part of there's two minute like razor shot blasts like kamikaze um, but I'm just going to play what is always my favorite song. Um, it, you're going to hear the first minute. You're going to hear it. You're like, yeah, Jeff, that's a good rock and roll song. But in the context of the record, it really, uh, it, it, it's, it's the second song. song. The first, third songs are equally great. But there's something about being five minutes into a record and realizing that you're speeding and you're pounding the steering wheel and you can't wait for the, for the next verse. It's just... Uh, it's just one of those records that's so well written and so well recorded and so well performed that even in the moments when it is, it is uh, similar to things that have come before. Right. It, who cares? Right. If I have an, well. if I have an expert yeah. chef working with brilliant ingredients, yeah, right. they cook me something I've eaten before. I'm still real happy at the end of the meal. <laughs> that's how I feel about this record. So from stories uh, from the city stories from the sea, this is Good Fortune by PJ Harvey. Wait, you're choosing that song? It's my favorite one. What do you want me to play? You're not going to do the Mess Rinder, Horace Hustle and Hustlers Hole? Don't, don't worry. Also we great. Can, also great. I'll we can play both. Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea by PJ Harvey. Through my bad fortune off the top of a
started, I was like, oh, that's so pretenders. Yeah. In a, in a good way. Barnett. It's got a good Courtney Barnett yeah. to it as well. Yeah, totally. So here's the mess we're in, which Ben also loves. And what you'll notice is it's the exact same key and all the chord changes with everything reversed. Instead of going huh. A to G, it goes A to C. And I, it's just one of those things like watching other songwriters write records. I have a really hard time believing that these songs were written within an hour and a half of each other. She's like, uh -huh. well, that was pretty good. What happens if I do all the same things and do it opposite? And you get this. <laughs> of it they are singing over on top of each oh, other yeah phenomenal oh, it's absolutely spectacular and i mean tom york i mean radiohead's the biggest band in the world when this record comes out oh I yeah mean, totally. kid a and amnesiac and the fact that like i imagine those guys get one or two requests to jump in on a track it just tells you how much respect <laughs> oh, dude, he's had. had three songs on this record yeah he does yeah, backup vocals on two other ones yeah, yeah totally he loved her um and this the, yeah this this record's great um it's really like the cover album art is really funny. Yeah. It's got like the first, I don't know, how many records she had before this? Three records, two records? Three. three she got three records before, but in each one, she's like really aggro and, and very like uh, punk looking on the covers. On this cover, she's got like a beautiful handbag. She's wearing yep. sunglasses and a dress. She's crossing <laughs> the street in New York. Yeah. It's just a fantastic picture. So good. And uh, just a left turn by her. I absolutely love this one. And I agree with you. The other ones are really, are, are just basically too abrasive for me. Um, but this one captures that absolute sweet spot where she slowed it down. Beautiful voice, great songwriter. And the reason I like the mess you're in is like, like that like kind of kaleidoscopic look at a relationship as it's yep. going along with all the little bits and pieces of it. Fantastic lyrics. Yep. Yep. It's a great record. Highly recommended. Where's she from? She's from England. Is she? Okay. Yeah. And what's the name of this album? Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea. Oh, good stuff. All right. Well. Timmy, bring us home, man. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to try to bring us home. Um, so, again, I apologize for the, the flustered nature of this podcast. In my defense, a lot going on down here in Asheville, North Carolina. You know, I always ask you guys how you are. How's the weather where you are? You know, you never ask me back. Well, now now it now things got weird. Now it's like that's I'm like fine. when. I'm That's fine. like when your, your uncle turns to your aunt at Thanksgiving and is like, I never oh, did goodness. love you. And it's just real <laughs> quiet for like five minutes. Uh, I have got a super good story about that while Timmy vamps and gets ready for his album. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, In good. In 1970, oh, dear. my parents are living with my dad's parents in Mamaroneck, New York. Ooh. And my dad's parents were older when my dad was born. And they were real like depression era people who were very sort of stern people. So there's a lot of friction with uh, young Benji being born and my parents who are hippies living with these folks trying to get all along in Mamaroneck, New York. My parents decide as hippies that it would be a good idea to have a rap session oh, dear. where they bring the whole family together. Oh, and this way God. we can air our feelings <laughs> and we can get it all out. 
And, you know, we're hippies. So you'll understand now, mom and dad, when we have this rap session. And so they're, they've totally got a list. I mean, just classic hippie bullshit, right? They're like, we'll share our feelings. But what, what I mean is we've got a list of grievances that we're right. going to share with you. <laughs> the airing that's of the grievances. Most part of it. So they sit down. They're like, this is what the thing is. It's this rap session. And my dad's mom says, and I'm going to paraphrase this, but she says, oh, okay. So, so just explain. That's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to share our feelings. And they're like, yeah. She says, I live on an island i am alone in this house <laughs> richmond does not share his feelings with me we haven't had a conversation for decades and my parents are like well that's a wrap thanks for coming amazing job good job by you <laughs> i am an island <laughs> well she knows how to do it. Yeah, I could do this. I know, they were so funny. They were like, oh, okay. Well, thanks for that. Okay, great. Hey. Oh Dad, you have any thoughts on that? Checkmate. Wait, 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 wait. He was there? Yeah. She said that in front of him? He oh, I like, thought what was... do you mean? We talk all the time. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. By the way, I'm sure he, like, uh, I'm sure he was like, what do you mean? I, you're, you're currently talking right now. Yeah. yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> you really gotta, like, believe me, I've heard plenty. All you do is talk. It's like in the end of Color Purple when she's like, you guys were all rotten, rotten kids. <laughs> just okay. let's, just let's, Good let's talk. But anyway, be careful what you wish for, Timmy. If we ask you how you were doing, we might get that. Yeah, it might be. It might get really, really ugly. Well, I'm going to pick um, uh, an album where, Jeff, you, you already picked this song back in the day. Oh, I did. So you must have been the one who introduced me to this album. I couldn't have come to Steve Earle on my own. I just don't know um, where I would have heard him it, had you not introduced I me. I remember exactly when I introduced Steve Earle to you. It was on the bus on the way to see Hamlet with David Simon Beale or whatever the hell that, Russell Simon oh, Beale, whatever that in, guy's name is. Yeah, in Wales. In Wales, and uh, you, there's two things I remember about that bus ride. The first is hearing Transcendental Blues for the first time and handing you the headphones and saying, dude, you have to hear this. Yeah. And the second was our classmate who read every sign out loud when we <laughs> passed them, passing the time on the three-hour bus ride going, way out, four <laughs> kilometers, huh, ice cream. <laughs> Just like any, any words that flew by got read uh, out loud. Yes. Amethyst. How are yes. you, Amethyst? Long time she, um Yeah, just observing, observing the countryside. Observing is the wrong word. It's like <laughs> reading the countryside is what was happening. Well, let's go. I was, I, I was deciding between transcendental blues or everyone's in love with you. What do you think? Transcendental blues by Steve Earle. <laughs> different types of songs like because you couldn't be more different between that song and the Galway girl and then over yonder is just this death knell yeah this is when steve earl was showing off like ben ben will tell you that i feel all right is the record um and he might be right like and sometimes i think el corazon is his best record sometimes it's this one but he gets on a streak here starting in about 96 is it 96 well, I, Train of Coming is the beginning of the streak. Oh, right? yeah. That 95, was, Train of Coming, 96, I Feel All Right, 97, El Corazon. Yeah. Like, those are the ones that just blow my mind. Yeah. And, but I mean, like, up through like 2001, 2002, like, he's just like, I can play rock, I can play folk, I can play ballads, I can play traditional music, uh, I can play anything you can play, I can do anything better than you. He's really, 
He's really something else. That's and a great he's writing, pick. He's writing all these songs. Yeah. Jeez. I mean. Hey, man, you see that some people get to the absolute edge of death and look over the edge and come back and they're like, man, maybe I should wake up and do something with tomorrow. And that guy really took advantage. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Hey, uh, Jeff, did you get the new record? No, I haven't gotten it yet. Oh, dude. There's a goodbye song to his son. Oh, oh, gee, I don't even know if I can hear that yet. Oh, no. Crush you. Oh, God. Oh, dude, it's fucking spectacular. It's like <laughs> the last words we spoke is the name of the song. Oh, something God, like that. no. And um, it's raw and just super beautiful. I did my uh, top 20 songs for 2021, and it was one of them. Just like. Oh, I got to check that. Okay. You know what? I, I know what you have told me about that. And I'll be honest, I just have not been emotionally ready to face that song. I, there might not, I might not have it in me, but I will do. I, that'll be my weekend. I will face. I will you're gonna, face. You're gonna face Steve, it down this weekend. Face Steve Earle's heartbreaking song. Good call. Wow, you're brave. You're braver than I. All right, but now I gotta go now because uh, there's a hot pizza in the kitchen, and uh, I have had two different children come and give me the side eye, like, dude, eating. Oh gosh. Right. Oh gosh. You guys go. I will talk to you later. See you next week for next uh, week, Timmy, the big tape. You've got two years of dead people. Really, really just go on. Just blow <laughs> it out. Blow the it good, out. And the good news, bad news of this is um, a podcast where we wing the shit out of it is partially indistinguishable from the one we have. <laughs> Wacky, Sad isn't it? Sad <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Love you, friends. Later. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the rock podcast, Back to the Arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wannabet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.